WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it! Film Sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosi. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Film lovers, welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoce, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. Uh, the show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which you can check out at... Filmsociology.tumblr.com. I don't know this music, but I feel I get the feeling that we're about to, we're about to do some swashbuckling. <laughs> um, not, not quite, Mr. Slagle, but, no? but good guess. Uh, the music you're hearing, ladies and gentlemen, is, uh, is music from the 1970 Best Picture oh, Award be winner, Patton. Starring George C. Scott, and the music was done by composer Jerry Goldsmith, who passed away uh, this week at the age of seventy-five. Um, Brian G. Hart's our uh, soundtrack correspondent, and his hot oh, wife yes. Monica. They they <laughs> they would be here, except um, she is in the uh, the home stretch of uh, delivering a, a baby. She gonna have a baby. She gonna have a baby. So we say congratulations. Can't wait to have you back uh, in studio, both of you, whenever. But uh, but I know Mark, Brian would have a lot more to talk about uh, Jerry Goldsmith than I. But we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of his uh, work. Here is a man. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen Academy Award nominations. Holy cow! And one victory. Uh, this was one of the nominees. Some of the films. <laughs> well, you can't win them all. <laughs> well, no, you're, Susan Lucci can tell you about that. Um, just, just some, some of the films. Well, the, the films he was he was nominated for: Freud, A Patch of Blue, the Sidney Poitier uh, film with Shelley Winters, The Sand Pebbles, Good Timing, the original Planet of the Apes, mm. uh, Patton, which you're hearing now, um, Papillon, the. Uh, uh, prison movie with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Chinatown, which is probably my favorite. The Wind and the Lion. Um, he was nominated for Best Song for The Omen, and then his Academy Award was for the score of The Omen. Uh, Boys from Brazil. Wait a minute. There, there was a song. There's two different categories, Best Score and Best Song. No, The Omen. That's the Lee Remick, Gregory Peck, where they have the, the baby that's uh, Spawn of the Devil. You're not going to watch that. That's what am I thinking of recently? Well, they remade the Omen about ten years ago. Okay, never mind. With Liev Schreiber and uh, Julia Stiles. That's not what I was thinking. You're of. thinking of some other film you're not going to yeah, watch. Yeah, I'm thinking of some other, some ba- other crazy. Well, there was, there was Deliver Us from Demon e- Child and yeah. There, I think it was Deliver Us from Evil that was later earlier this year. 
That no, it was a couple years ago. Welcome to vague <laughs> film ideas that Kobe What's won't that? watch here on Film Name Sociology. Name that movie he doesn't know. The, you guys have and does not want to see. Movie with that guy that was in that movie that was out last year. We we can play that later. Um, <laughs> but yes, so The Omen. He won an Academy Award for The Omen for the score. Boys from Brazil. Star Trek the movie. So and of course all uh, following Star Trek films that have that uh, that score. Poltergeist. Under Fire. Hoosiers. And I almost played Hoosiers, except it's an 80s score, so it's a little... I like 80s music, but sometimes it's a little synthy. Yeah. A little synth. Pretty synthy. Yeah. Uh, Basic Instinct, L.A. Confidential, Mulan, and much, much more. So thank you, Jerry Goldsmith, for, for your fine work. Love well, L.A. Confidential. A great film, L.A. Confidential. So yeah, you've heard his work, and you, now you know it. Indeed. Clap your hands. <laughs> so... A uh, little bit later on in the show, we will have an audio tribute to James Garner. Now, the 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 bad news is my originally scheduled guest cannot make it. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Maybe next week. Although I have been I have been told it has been confirmed because it's 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 true. It's happening on social media. Uh, Gina Wagner will be returning to film sociology next week, and Dan will be in the spouse chair. And don't put metal in. <laughs> and don't put metal in the science oven. So. Anyway, that is happening uh, next week. And hopefully our, our guest that was supposed to be here today will hopefully be on tomorrow. We will see. But opening in theaters today, um, if you listen to Fresh Air uh, at uh, freshair at npr.org or you listen to the uh, rebroadcast of Fresh Air at 7 o'clock on HD1, um, you can hear David Edelstein's review of A Most Wanted Man, the Jean Lecaire adaptation, uh, with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in his last um, oh, starring yes. well, not. I think it was, it was his last completed film work. Yes, because he died because during the making of Martin Hunger Games. Jay part one was in production. Part one. Yeah. Way to way to squeeze out the dollars. <sighs> uh, anyway, so that is out there with Rachel McAdams and uh, Robin Wright. Um, also opening today. Because we are, we only had one, we already had one film of this, this same hero released earlier this year, but apparently we need two films about Hercules. Oh yeah, this one direct this one with Dwayne Johnson, and it's directed by Brett Ratner, and it's it's out there. It opens today as well. What was the other one? Hercules. But I know, but they are <laughs> both called Hercules. No, I forget what the other one was. It was it was it had was it the Legend of Hercules. It might have been. Why don't you look that up, uh, Mr. Slagle? Here we are working during the show. <laughs> That'll be that's a good assignment that, for you, Cole. That is a Tell good assignment what. for you. And while you're doing that, because I know you can't pull up the trailer of the next film I want to talk about, uh, just a reminder. The Legend of Hercules. Oh, well, it's called The Legend of Hercules. Yes. And I think it has somebody from Twilight in it. Yes, Didn't Cullen we... Lutz. You rattled that off really fast, well, sir. Well, I've got it right here. Oh, okay. I was about to say, thanks, Bianca. <laughs> thanks a lot for what you've done to Kobe's head. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, th- so yeah, not to be confused with the January release, The Legend of Hercules. This is just plain, plain flat-out Hercules. So there's no no confusion. None. You seeing that? No. <laughs> no. Sorry. I, <laughs> I, I'm no. sorry if I offended you. <laughs> Thanks, Ozzy. Uh-huh. No, um, no just don't. And don't, she's not. Uh, no. no. That's right. And remember, folks, he's Dwayne Johnson. When he's in the ring, he's the he's rock the then. Rock. So I think he's earned his stripes on that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, however... Taking uh, him a long time to earn his stripes. Uh, he, and he's done okay. If you look at the film work he's done, I mean, some of it is, you know, a- brainless action movies. But, uh, you know, the other thing is look at when he's been on SNL, when he's hosted SNL. He's very good when the material is right. So uh, I think I know you immediately think of him in uh, Be Cool, the sequel to Get Shorty. Oh, man, I, I saw you that once. That. No, I, I, I saw it, but. Yeah, and it I know where didn't really going. register. I was being obviously yeah. me. I know I've got. Uh, well, see, I've got. I, mean, I don't even know where it is because these folders are all messed. That's up. fine. Hi, welcome to Technology Talked again. <laughs> <laughs> We're having our meeting during the show. Why can't we just see them do cool stuff all the time? I'm in a movie. I have a limited amount of time. Be cool. You a little ne- late, but there it is. No, you need to save that because I'm going to need that you, that uh, audio clip again. Okay. So, uh, however, this is this is going to be pretty ambitious because there are not one but two. Big action movies opening the same day. 
So I guess you can say today is Lisa, or Lucy versus Hercules. Because the big film, the other big action film opening today is Lucy. It stars Scarlett Johansson. It's written and directed by Luke Besson. And Kobe, I'm sure you'll. Well, Morgan Freeman's in it as well. Uh, I'm sure you're going to want to break down the uh, the trailer because I know we got you, a good one here. You you love. I you know what? Let's put it this way. I had to I had to edit a little bit of it because there was just a long stretch of no dialogue. So this is an edited version of the trailer. sounds and crashes and, and... Could be. I'll, I'll explain it when we play it. So, okay. yeah, Kobe, why don't you break down the, uh, the trailer for Here us, please? Go. Let's roll. What happened? Atmospheric. Club. What did you do to my stomach? <laughs> What's going on? You nearly slipped a new package Plot into your lower tummy. And Plot you're going things. to transport something very special to us. Tea party. Somebody put a bag of drugs inside me. I need you to take it out. Plot. It's leaking. <laughs> it most human Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan Things. Capacity. Imagine if we could access 100%. Interesting things begin to happen. Interesting things. Yes. Professor Norman, my name's Lucy. I just read all your research on the human brain. Character. It's a little rudimentary, but you're on the right track. Humor. Oh, thank you. I have access to 28% of my cerebral capacity. I can feel every living thing. Since when science. did you start writing Chinese? Movie science. Since an hour ago. What happens when she reaches 100%? I have no idea. Freeman things. <laughs> All this knowledge. This action sequence is probably a lot of running. I'm not even sure that mankind is ready for it. Car chases. It's like all things that make me human are fading away. Not Inception. Two of those. Yeah. You can't have just one. It's like a potato chip. You punctuation. Have to, you have to have two. <laughs> good potato chip. You, I use that a lot on uh, on the Blue Show. If I play more than one track from an album, it's like a potato chip. You can't back play, to back. Can't play just one. No, I don't say that. And I don't say I don't I don't use that voice ever. Okay. Please don't do that. Uh, so there you oh, go. Yes, by sir. By the way, congratulations. Three-time third favorite radio personality, according to the readers of Nuvo, Matthew Sozzi. Thank you. Come Thank check him you. out at the uh, Nuvo Best of Party tomorrow. And if you're listening to this on Sunday, you're too late. Yes, but you can uh, you can pick up the Nuvo and see my name below. Bob and Tom and Smiley got it this year. It's usually the other way around. So yep. congratulations to them. Not bad for a public station, for yep. a public radio personnel. And, of course, WFYI. Station of the year again. Station of the year again. So yep. yes, uh, yes, I have my new symbol of three threes. Yes, and it's just I know that just burns you the no ass because you got to live with it. Not as much as not as much as my family, but darn close. <laughs> it's like my family, Kobe, <laughs> the listeners. That's kind of how it has to. Anyway, but thank you. Yes, uh, I'm very very honored to be uh, to be a bronze medalist once again, and I I want three bronze medals. So I look like Mark Spitz's slower brother. <laughs> look the picture up if you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, back to Lucy. Um, this is a film, again, directed by Luc Besson, who gave us The Fifth Element and The Professional and last year's The Family. And uh, the the big point... Oh, I of, saw that recently. What, The Family? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you talked about De Niro yeah, and yeah, Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not his best work. This is the same guy. Same guy. Okay. Um, this is a film that is really, really hoping that you did not see the Bradley Cooper film Limitless <laughs> because there's a similar drug. You know, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson's character oh, has the yes. highly okay. synthetic. You remember, De Niro's in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Gina were here, she would talk about, because uh, she's the Bradley Cooper correspondent, 
emeritus here at uh, Film Sociology. So same thing, where you're, you're able to use 100%, up to 100% of your brain capacity. And, of course, as, as we find out from Morgan Freeman, because it's true if Morgan Freeman says it, that the human brain only uses about 10% of its capacity. I say 15 if you listen to NPR. Hey. Eh, see what they did there. And so she's thrown into this situation, and, of course, yeah, synthetic drug things happen. That, where yeah that's a thing that ha- don't you hate when that happens <sighs> so as as the drugs continue the percentage and you were told this you were you get a screen that says 20% 30% um luke Besson, not a master of subtlety uh, in no. in his films and especially in this one um because we wind up by, as as the percentages get higher, and she and of course Scarlett Johansson's character is on the run from the ma from organized crime. The, for you fans of uh, Asian cinema, old boy is in this one, and of course there's a French police officer who's helping her. So you have Asian market, the European market, and the American market. Scarlett Johansson and Morgan Freeman representing the U, the North American market. Um, and as as the drug continues to be more and more potent, she is able to do things like bend time and matter and space, and uh, you know there's there's a part and you see it in the trailer where she's in New York City in the middle of Times Square and she's able to stop time and look at things. Okay, um, do some of the things that Scarlett Johansson does in this movie mirror what Bradley Cooper does in Limitless. Well, here's the thing. I didn't see Limitless, uh-huh. and that is probably working to the this film's advantage that I did not see Limitless because because of the concept. Um, I'm surprised Scarlett Johansson does not bend time and come here and smack me in the face for all the thoughts I've had about the <laughs> opening scene from Lost in Translation. You know what I'm talking about. Don't use that as a screensaver. <laughs> you know you shouldn't. Anyway, um, but the film is... I want to word this correctly, bat spit crazy. There's a really? lot of crazy action sequences in this. And if you if you know crazy Besson's, good, crazy, crazy bad, good. No, crazy, it's crazy. It's crazy good. Crazy like okay. Um, like 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 Machete, the first Expendables. That's what I'm trying red. to get. Is it, is it crazy yeah, it's good a, or is it's, it like crazy ridiculous? Or is it oh, so crazy ridiculous that it's good? Ridiculous, ridiculous. Sir Charles. <laughs> yeah, or ridiculous <laughs> if we're down the street. Um, no, it's crazy ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not terrible, and it's not an art film, Joe Shear. Uh, <laughs> you knew where I was going. Yes, I did. Um, the the only setback to the film. Is and and this is the fault that Luke Besson because he wrote and directed it is. <laughs> this is your fault. This is your fault, Luke. No one, <laughs> not Scarlet's, not Morgan's, yours. Um, there's. No. A... <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> we're, we're we're are we just getting to the soundbite portion of the show now? <laughs> what is what does Kobe having his vault of fun? <laughs> I used to have a box of cool. Kobe has a vault of fun. Um. But but her you know being able to fight learn learn how to beat up guy, bad guys and shoot guns and bend guns and bend time and bend guns she like, bends does she, does she bend bullets like in um, the wanted? Matrix what pardon in what in wanted um she probably could if she would I think by the time you get what eighty ninety percent I think you can. Do you get? You said you get like a flash on the screen of how what capacity she's at. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's like in a case video she, game. in case she hadn't figured, yeah, it's like a video game. Um, watching the film with the with an audience, which really enjoyed it, and of course the doughy white guys with glasses that are the Indiana Film Journalists Association. We were kind of, it felt like we were kind of torn down the middle. Some 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 of the critics weren't crazy about the film because it was ridiculous, and some of us really liked it because it was ridiculous. Um, I, I talked to Jeff Marker from the Gainesville Times, my colleague down in Georgia, and he overheard at his screening somebody saying to uh, the person next to him, you know, I was with the film until this is not one of those films where you have to think like that. The less the less thinky you are about this film, the more the more enjoyable the experience is going to be. Okay. Um, I know there are some that will say that Scarlett Johansson turns into Neo by the second half of the picture. Maybe. But I did. I wasn't thinking that um, the. Uh, Going back to what I blame Luke Besson for is there's a lot of imagery at the beginning of, uh, of and a lot of talk about how we have evolved, we the human race has evolved as a species. And there's a lot of footage of animals and time and history, almost a Kayana Quatsi kind of look. Um, 
and I guess he's trying to make a statement. I don't care about that. I just want to see Scarlett Johansson do more cool things, right, Gina? Why can't we just see them do cool stuff all the time? I'm in a movie. I have a limited amount of time. Be cool. And so does she it, does but, get to be cool. But it's in the beginning, though. It doesn't interrupt no, it, in there, the middle it, like it, in the tree of life. It's sprinkled throughout. Oh, yes. There's a there's a little bit of tree. There's somebody, somebody in the CGI department had way too much fun because there are times it feels like there are moments that it's like a tree of life on Ritalin. Uh, as far as the imagery and and dinosaurs and you know history and everything, you actually saw Tree of Life? No, I did not. But I remember you guys talking about. Yes. it. Yes. Um, yeah. It is. It, it it's shorter than Tree of Life and less pretentious than Tree of Life. Even though I did like Tree of Life. Um, but yeah, there there is some stuff that could be. I mean, you, you could probably make this. I'm not going to enforce the the grindhouse rule on this, although it comes really close. What is the grindhouse rule? I'm glad you asked that, Kobe. The grindhouse rule is if you saw the original three-hour version of Grindhouse, that's the Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, the back-to-back, with trailers, with fake trailers, which are also fun. But the the, uh, Planet Terror and Death Proof were originally 70 minutes long. That's it. And and then when the film didn't do well and word had it was, I guess, that when they were released overseas, they were released separately and they were 90 minutes. And if you pick up the DVDs separately, that's what you get. You get the, uh, you, the, get the you get the 90 minute version. I, of course, have a Blu-ray, which is the original theatrical run. It's just better that way, even though there's a lap dance from Death Proof that everybody should watch. I'm a pig. <laughs> Hear me. Oink. Um. Other than that, uh, no. So and it, and it, there's a number of brainless action movies that would just be a lot better if they were 70 minutes long. And you know that's true, Kobe. You're thinking of action films right now. Oh no, I'm j- I'm oh. looking at uh, I'm looking at my vault of fun here to see oh, what geez. I'm going to pull out next. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So yeah, it it comes close. I think if you would shave maybe five minutes off of about talking about how we have evolved, and maybe in some cases we have a long way to go. Even though uh, Scarlett Johansson has a synthetic drug sewn into her stomach that makes her more powerful and apparently turns her into Neo. That being said, it's fun. Just stop thinking. Don't try to break it down. <laughs> go in from the very beginning. Don't don't let there be a a uh, a line that is crossed. Like like the people at my buddy Jeff's screening, so go go check it out. It's brainless and it's fun. This is yeah. It sounds like this is one of those people say it's a it's a good summer popcorn movie. Not a pot boiler. Not yes, pop it's popcorn. Boiler. Just just eat. Now that was a good movie. It was. It was. So less thinky. Don't be too. <laughs> I like movies, but sometimes they get a little bit thinky. A little thinky. Yeah. Not our house. So now we move over to the art house uh, portion of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new film based on the play Venus in Fur, uh, which was directed uh, – David Ives did the play, and uh, Roman Polanski directed the film. And it's it's a two-person show, and it stars uh, Emmanuel Signier, also known as Mrs. Polanski. She's in a few of her husband's films. And – pardon my French, literally uh, – Matthew Almerich who folks know either as the artist in The Diving Bell and The Butterfly, which is a, an excellent film, but I don't know if I can sit through it a second time. He was also the Bond villain in Quantum of Solace, Lou Harry's favorite Bond movie title. And uh, he plays the playwright-director who's uh, about ready to leave after a day of auditions. Emmanuel plays an actress who arrives late, really wants to audition for a show, a period piece, which uh, also dabbles into the early stages of masochism. And it becomes an audition unlike any other. So here's some audio. By the way, it's in French. We're NPR. Deal with it. Pour la Vénus à la fourrure, ils sont tous partis il y a une demi-heure. Nous allons programmer d'autres auditions sur le chien. Non, mais je suis là, ça, ça m'évitera de revenir demain. J'ai mal à costume. Laissez-moi juste vous montrer comment elle me va, s'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît. Mm. Allez. Oui. Merci. Non, non. Quand vous voulez. Hein. Euh, vous trouvez pas que c'est sexiste Et le tout-puissant le frappa et le livra aux mains d'une femme euh... Je ne fais que citer le roman de Sacha Mazoc. Et ça C'est pas du Titien, ça, mon coco. C'est du porno, sado, mazo. Mais pour moi, c'est une pièce sur deux personnes qui sont unies à jamais. Leur 
cœurs sont menottés l'un à l'autre. Menottés dans la perversion Non, menottés dans la passion. Sa passion à lui C'est chimique, c'est la rencontre de deux personnes qui met le feu aux poudres. Mais tout ça, c'est lutte des sexes et lutte des classes. Vanda est quelqu'un d'adorable, d'innocent, qui tombe par hasard sur un gros pervers. Non, mais vous comprenez pas, vous comprenez rien. Comment vous pouvez jouer aussi bien Vanda et être conne à son sujet à ce point au sujet du reste, putain de comédienne à la con, connasse. All right. Yes, if you if you know French, I'm sure you got a lot more out of that, which is fine. <laughs> hey, we're not afraid. We are not afraid to play foreign film trailers. We'll do film it. We will. We we'll have. We'll continue to do it. The Joe Shearer comment would actually fit in on this one. You don't have it ready. I yeah. <laughs> it's also an art film. There you go. This is an art film. Now that is an art film. <laughs> Thank you, Al. Um, as uh, as Ed Johnson makes mention in his review of the film in Nouveau, this is, uh, I think, the third time, no, the fourth time, that uh, Roman Polanski has filmed a play. He did Death and the Maiden. He also did Carnage oh, back in 2011. So, yeah, and he also did the 1971 film version of Macbeth, which is coming out on Blu-ray, on Criterion Blu-ray, a little later on this year. So, uh Get on to that. So, as I explained before the trailer, she's late for the audition. She really wants to be in it. He really wants to get going and be spend time with his fiance. And the audition takes a much talkier, much more sexual political turn than anybody really needs to uh, have happen. Uh, because I think because of the subject matter about the uh, the play itself dealing with the early stages of the creation of S&M or masochism, um, the actor and the director start to play out roles. First it looks into it, it turns out it's going to be a regular audition, then it becomes a little deeper, then roles are reversed and roles are enhanced, and who is dominating whom, who is being the dominator and who is being the dominated. And... Uh, this is the acting in this is really good. Like I said, it's a two person show and both actors are very solid for me. I've been down this road before with other plays and other films, um, films like Oleana plays like Oleana written by David Mamet and uh, some of Neil Laboot's uh, plays. That's the guy who gave us in the company of men and the shape of things among others. Um, I'm also reminded of the Harvey Keitel, Kate Winslet film, Holy Smokes, that uh, Holy Smoke that Jane Campion um, directed uh, a while back, oh, I think a decade ago. And uh, so, by the way, Venus and Fur, not a first date movie. Putting it out there, and if you're, <laughs> and if you're a newlywed, probably not ready to watch it either. So. Because of the of the politics, there will be uncomfortable discussions afterwards with this film. So, um, for me though, it's a little old hat. Like the acting is fine, I'll recommend it, but just be warned that uh, I you might want to watch Bob's Burgers after watching this. And I'm not just saying that because Kobe loves Bob's Burgers. My daughter's turned me on the Bob's Burgers, and that's all the better. So, anyway, good film. Some some folks are gonna. Uh, find this more tedious or less tedious than I. Um, it's But it's a path I've been down before, so it's nothing new. And unfortunately for me, it's just get to it. And, uh, and and there you go. You have something for that? Now that was a good movie! Just be warned. Just be warned. That's all I'm saying. Okay, uh, a couple of notes uh, before we get to Kobe's alma mater. On July 29th, at 7 o'clock at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Oh, yes. Yes. Bobby Slick Leonard, Heart of a Hoosier, a 90-minute documentary about the Pacers coach and announcer, which is going to have its premiere on WFYI on August 7th, which I didn't I didn't realize this. We, we were smart about this. The same date as uh, Leonard's induction into the Hall of Fame. So, um Oh, that's cute. the The ticket prices is, is I can't we can't give it away because it's on public radio, but it's the same number as his number of wins. Very clever. Um, I'm hoping we can have a little bit of uh, Slick Leonard info on next week's show. I'm working on that. Of course, I'm working on getting a guest for this show, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, anyway, you can go to wfyi.org. We may have crossed that bridge at this point. You think we're we're, we're done looking for guests while we're doing the show? 
And by the way, I, I, I put that one astern I, already. I did. I did look for our usual go-to guest. That is Mike Perry. He is not in his office. This would have been a great time, Mike. We miss you. <laughs> but anyway, go to wfyi.org slash slick for information about Bobby Slick Leonard, Heart of a Hoosier. Again, July 29th at Bankers Life Fieldhouse at 7 o'clock, and it'll be on WFYI television on August 7th. Kobe, yes. what is happening on your screen? This weekend, Saturday, July 26th, at, uh, down in Bloomington IU Cinema, is bringing The Book of Ruth. From this year at 2 o'clock, followed at 5 o'clock by Swim, Little Fish, Swim, also from this year. And um, rounding out Saturday night, Elena from 2014 as well. All in the Middle Coast Fest nice. uh, down there at IU Cinema, cinema.indiana.edu for more information. As well as this weekend at Keystone Landmark, the Midnight Series with the princess bride the uh, the last of the midnight movies this year so this is this is, this is it okay. so yeah thank you to everybody who participated in midnight madness especially those involved with the room yep. which we wish could happen all the time but uh, that's okay so yeah continue please and tonight friday night at the indianapolis museum of art their uh, summer night series flash dance but it is sold out wow they've they've had a good season they've had a great a season seasons there. but um, looking ahead, next week, Friday, August 1st, American Graffiti. You've not seen that. I have not. We got... Um, you should check that out. There's a whole bunch of good stuff coming up there, still at the IMA. We got, we got Clue the week after that on August 8th. We've got The Odd Couple on August 15th, Mean Girls on the 22nd, and rounding out with The Godfather on August 29th. That's going to be a long evening right there. Yes, it is. Why don't you... Uh, can you... Um, wow. I just... Oh, could you check the tibs while I give a couple other Indeed. film notes? Thank you. Uh, if you don't have plans tonight, and sorry if you don't. Uh, oh, wait a minute. This is, yes, tonight and tomorrow at the Art Craft Theater in Franklin from 1985, Back to the Future. So uh, I know that was on earlier this year at midnight, so you have another chance to check that out. Historic Craft Theater, R-E, dot org for more information on that. And then tomorrow night at the Garfield Park Art Center at dusk and free, The NeverEnding Story as a part of the Movies on the Lawn, the uh, Wolfgang Peterson film from 1984, very 80s uh, film score. Uh, pretty synthy. Yeah, pretty synthy. Way to work the board there, Cobe. Yeah. Um, I remember I showed this to Emma, and uh, the the uh, it's not puppetry, it's not computer generated, uh, but the the special effects as far as the uh, the creatures uh, creeped her out just a little bit. Not afraid to. Did not want to watch Never Ending Story Part Two. <laughs> did not want to. Not, not going to do it. Not interested. Don't need it. Don't need it. Fine so, with one of them. Uh, and I did like the first one. It's was, it was good. Um, so anyway, that is happening at uh, the Garfield Park Arts Center, uh, gpacarts.org for more information. What's happening at the drive-in? This weekend, screen one, we've got Lucy, followed up by The Purge Anarchy. You would stay for half of that. Uh, You're not going to watch The Purge. No, I'm not going to see that. <laughs> uh, screen two, we have Sex Tape, followed by Tammy. Ooh, okay. Still showing Tammy. Screen three, we have Hercules and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And screen four, Planes, Fire, and Rescue, uh, backed up against Transformers, Age of Extinction. Ooh, you want the kids to fall asleep, apparently. Although they won't be able to, it's a Transformers movie. <laughs> Long and loud. It sounds yeah. like an ACDC album. <laughs> Does that count? Uh, let me ask you. A uh, little full disclosure. Kobe, except for, if I remember right, except for Rush and Queen, not a fan of white rock from the 70s. Your words. I don't know. <laughs> Those were, that was your... Disgust. Disgust. Um, I say, would ACDC qualify? Because they are actually white rock from the 1970s. They are, technically. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's... I, I like ACDC. But, but they're a little, a little bit, too Angus Youngie. A little, <laughs> Still too Brian Johnsony. Um, I don't know. A little bit goes a long way. A little bit goes a long way with ACDC. A little bit goes an even farther way with Led Zeppelin. Uh oh. Um, 
but yeah, it's a case by case type thing. <laughs> Very. It's not this. This isn't a general sweeping. I'm not going to make a broad generalization. Okay, here I, I, I with, well, I knew you, you did. Know, when you first made, when you first coined that term, but you said except for Russian Queen, <laughs> I, I got that. I get, and because occasionally I would just sometimes I will pop my head in the Kobe's office and I'll just go Springsteen, nah, yeah. and then just no, move on. I, no, I don't. I don't really get Springsteen. I mean, he's he's I, East Coast John Mellencamp. I, I'm sorry, he was first. John Mellencamp is Midwestern Springsteen. Whatever. Like Bob. No, not whatever. It is whatever. No, it is not, Emma. Um, <laughs> Bob Seeger, also Michigan Springsteen. Indiana Springsteen Silver is John Mellencamp. And the Silver Bullet Band. And I love the Silver Bullet Band. All right. You love the Live Bullet album. I do have. I have Live Bullet and Nine Tonight. My dad loves the Live Bullet album. Hi, Dad. Hello, Fort Myers. <laughs> anyway, all right, we're going to stop with Kobe's uh, breakdown of White Rock in the 70s. When we come back after the break, we'll have some uh, titles on DVD and Blu-ray. We'll also have an audio tribute to actor James Garner, so stick around. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to The Point and WFYI.org. about either one of them. I find it's best to stay out of other people's affairs. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? So do you have any new movies in? Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? They never rent quality flicks. They always pick the most intellectually devoid movie on the racks. Ooh, Navy Seals! It's like in order to join, they have to have an IQ less than their shoe size. Let's just go. Just go open the video store. Yeah, open the video store. Blockbuster video. Wow, what a difference. Well, in case you didn't see it, here it is again. Cap space still available for Tyler Hansborough to come back. Rodney Stuckey. Pays are stealing Rodney Stuckey from Detroit. This is the sports portion of the film <laughs> show if you haven't caught on to that. And, and now Mr. Slagle is throwing some Detroit news in my face. Yeah. Ronnie Stuckey's gone, only for a year, but, you know. Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, well, Black. Yes. I don't know, you know. So, yes, I know, the Pacers are making moves, sort of, and and the Pistons are just stuck in. <laughs> yeah, Pacers are making moves, not really. Not really. Well, there, there's less activity going on in Detroit than there is Indianapolis. That's true. So, there, the the uh, thank you, Dan and Terry, for the term, basketball hell. That's... <laughs> That's where I am right now. Welcome back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msoci at WFYI.org. Also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Soci. Um, just a reminder, it is still in theaters, and I'm really happy that it's still in theaters. 
But uh, the Roger Ebert documentary d- done by Steve James called Life Itself is still ha- is still in theaters. I'm really happy it's made an extra week because there are some really good art films that only last a week here and then they go away. So go check that out at Landmark. You can see that and then go see The Princess Bride this evening. That would be a double feature. Make it an evening at Keystone. And, of course, there's Liquid. So then go check that out. All right. Number of films... I feel bad. I, it was it was a busy work week here at WFYI, and not just basking in my third place glory. Uh, <laughs> but but some of the titles that are out on Blu-ray and DVD this week, we have Trans- Transcendence with uh, Johnny Depp. This was re- this was directed by the cinematographer of the Christopher Nolan films, so it has a Christopher Nolan esque feel without actually being done by Christopher Nolan, who I believe was a producer on this. Um, Greg Kinnear's film Heaven is for Real uh, got to talk about this film with Tracy Foreigner on Indie Style if you go to uh, Wish TV's page and check out Indie Style you can see me filling in for uh, Chris Lloyd of the Film Yap as I discuss Lucy as well as Venus and Fur and hanging out with Tracy Foreigner and Andy Hauser uh, there's also a picture there's also a, a, a link to that on my Facebook page for those who follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Matthew Sosi. But uh, at real Sosie thoughts. <laughs> see, stop that. You see, I gotta take all. These, I gotta write all these down and claim them because you keep doing that. Um, anyway, uh, I I I was reminiscing because it has been merely months since I saw uh, Tracy. But the last time I was on Indie Style, uh, Tracy Forner got to do a satellite interview with Greg Kinnear, and he was he was on to promote Heaven Is for Real, and. During the commercial break, I, I whenever I know Tracy or Andy are going to interview somebody of note, I, I try to come up with some whack job, oddball question, and ninety nine percent of the time, of course, they don't they don't relay the question. Well, Tracy Forner did with Greg Kinnear. Uh, I still think to this day that Greg Kinnear, Greg Kinnear's best acting job was playing Bob Crane in the Paul Schrader film Autofocus. Um, those who know about Bob Crane and those know they know about you know about the um, filming habits he had with uh, being with young ladies, and so I of course said to Tracy, "Tell tell Greg I think Autofocus is his best work. When are they making Autofocus into a musical?" Tracy actually asked this about halfway through the interview. He got through all the the legitimate questions about Heaven is for Real, kind of like what I do with the show. You you know when we have a guest on. Or when they're supposed to be on, um, you know, you you talk about why they're there, and then whatever time is left over, you can throw in the uh, what have you seen lately? What's going yeah, on? The silly, what, you know, yeah, the silly, you know, the the film related questions, the silly questions. That's when you get, you know, a little of this, a little, a little of that. of that. You get uh, Jonathan Scott cracking up at the last question I asked to him. That's of course the gentleman, the Property Brothers on HGTV. I asked Jonathan, "What was the better film about twins?" You know, the parent trap or dead ringers, and he wouldn't answer. He just laughed and, and said twins. Uh, but uh, halfway through the interview, Tracy Forner asked Greg Kinnear, when, is, when are they going to make a musical out of autofocus? And Greg Kinnear cracked up. It's the little tiny things that just <laughs> make me happy and be a part of film sociology. Little geek points there. Uh, and I, as, as, we, as we were saying uh, off air, I said, Greg probably was interviewed by a dozen, if if not more, television stations throughout the country. He's going to remember that question from yep. Indianapolis. And Tracy told me today that he, he has interviewed Tom Selleck probably six times for various things. And he, he said, Tom will always remember me because he knows I'm the guy from Indiana that keeps asking, when is there going to be a sequel to Quigley Down Under? Because apparently Tracy's dad loves Quigley Down Under. And it's a good Western. Good Western. Uh, Laura San Giacomo, Alan Rickman. Go check it out. It's from the late 80s. Anyway, um, Heaven for Real with Greg Kinnear cracking up at my dorkdom. That is out on DVD and Blu-ray. Sabotage, not the Beastie Boys tune directed by Spike Jones. It is an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. And it's got the the guy from Avatar and and Terrence Howard's in it, and it's from the writer of Training Day and the director of other films. So, not a fan of Beastie Boys? No, not at all. Not even the sabotage video? No. Wow. Nope. Don't care. At all. Nope. Hmm. Okay. Um, also out on DVD and Blu-ray, Tyler Perry's The Single Moms Club. That 
case out anybody there. needs that. Um, Robin Williams in The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. Apparently this is his version of anger management, I guess. And uh, Michael Pena. It, it, Michael Pena is Cesar Chavez. Ah. So the uh, the union leader. Uh, so a bunch of old titles out on DVD and Blu-ray. If you're a fan of the 80s, hi. Uh, yeah, we're thinking about you. Uh, the Legend of Billie Jean is out on uh, Blu-ray if you need that. The Billy Wilder film, the excellent... Uh, uh, courtroom drama Witness for the Prosecution with Tyrone Power, Mar- Marlena Dietrich, Charles Lawton, Anaconda. Why anybody needs to see John Voight? Why anybody needs to see John Voight regurgitated by a giant snake with J Lo and Ice Cube is beyond ah, yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eric yeah. Stoltz. There, there is a tradition I have with my buddy Laura Jansen, who I'll be seeing soon. I hope of us. Uh, we used to get together in Chicago and. And and maybe drink a little too much and watch really bad movies. And one of those was Anaconda. Just bad. Flatliners, if you need that, with a lot of feathered hair from the late 80s, early 90s. Um, the Private Life of Sherlock Holmes, another Billy Wilder film out on Blu-ray. Uh, Scalp Hunters with uh, Burt Lancaster, Ozzie Davis, Shelley Winters, Telly Savalas, directed by Indiana's own Sidney Pollack. Uh, the Last Action Hero, which uh, was Schwarzenegger's first major flop from 1993. Uh-oh. There was a period where I thought if you made too many big hits, then there was one that they, the, the critics were probably going to lop you off at the ankles whether the film deserved it or not. This was Arnold's. Others include The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. Uh, there was also, I think, Wild Wild West for uh, Will, Will Smith, Smith, although that was deserved. That film's bad. Um, you mean Dupree for uh, Owen Wilson? Oh, interesting. Um, or was that the first time you started? Because Owen Wilson's not on your list, right? But he's darn close. Yeah. Okay, and that that was the one that did it for you. <laughs> he's pushing. He's walking he's push, a thin line. He's walking closer <laughs> and closer to the list. Don't do it, Owen. Turn around. Run away. Uh. <laughs> Uh, what was um for Kevin Costner? I'm thinking it was Wyatt Earp, uh, and Water. Well, although Waterworld actually did make money globally, just uh, not as much as everybody wanted. And so anyway, and Last Action Hero that was Arnold's, and then uh, and Criterion Blu-ray the original Insomnia, not the Christopher Nolan remake. This is the one with Stalin Skarsgård. So, um, I think Kobe, it is time to get to dead people we like. <laughs> I th- see, I thought you were just going to roll straight Going to roll it straight it. in? I'm yeah. sorry. I did not tell you that. No. Nope, I'm not. sorry. We see, still have... And see what you get now? See, it's We have like, dead air. Yeah. Well, it's not dead air. It's just it's behind bad the air. kind <laughs> of stuff. It's like, oh, I'm hanging out with them in the studio. Doing our, this is what they're uh, like the always. This is show of uh, dead people we like. <laughs> there's a there's a pretty big one this we week. We don't yeah. have time for dead people we don't like. No, and and apparently we don't have time to talk about a film that I actually did see. But this is my mistake. Called Dom Hemingway, starring Jude Law. Oh. He's a gang. He's in a, a, a an uncouth British gangster out of jail after a dozen years, and he's coming back to get what he what he has coming to him, meaning a lot of cash from Damien Bashir. He just wants his fair share. He does want his fair share, although he has uh, far more expletives and more nudity than uh, than that line <laughs> has ever used, ever. <laughs> Sorry. I just combined Dom Hemingway with the Charlie Brown Christmas. That's bad. Or your pledge dollars at work. <laughs> But I will say this is Jude, it's Jude Law's best performance in a while. He's very he's very engaging, even though the film feels like it wants to give Don Logan from Sexy Beast a soul. So it is a British crime film. It is not directed by Guy Ritchie, uh, but it does in the near the second half and final third of the film does be more about crime. It's about Dom trying to get his family back together. But it's not three days to kill as well. Um, it's 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 decent. It's not great. Now, the dead people we like. Actor James Garner passed away July nineteenth at the age of eighty six. Uh, from what we've heard, and of course he's got an Indiana link because he was a big race fan and an auto racer in his own right, and of course spent many many months of May here in Indianapolis as the part of the five hundred. And from what I've read, I and it sounds like a cliche. Have not read a bad word about the guy between his uh, his work in movies and, of course, all of his TV shows like Maverick and Rockford Files, among others, um, and his contribution to uh, somebody had written this, especially when I forgot about this. He was he was in the third row 
at Martin Luther, Martin Luther King's I Had a Dream speech. Oh. Third row. VIP seating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I knew he was involved with the civil rights movement in the 60s. Uh, but just that little nugget. Third row for that speech. So anyway, we have a little audio tribute to James Garner. I, I know I, there's only four films. I know I'm going to get complaints about you didn't pick this, you didn't use that. Well, this is what happens when you let me play with the audio vault. So anyway, here we go. Salute to James Garner. Celebrating the revolution. It's the 4th of July. The devil's it. Gentlemen, you're invited for free drinks at the watch stand. It's the 4th of July, a little present from the colonial. Down the British. Yeah, yeah. Quite right, too. And a little drink to Tom. And beginning home. Very well, we accept. Up the rebels. Down the British. Gentlemen, if you care to follow us, how about... Hey! Follow me up hard. You know what that is? I'll tell you what it isn't. It isn't Napoleon Brandy. After every war, you know, we always find out how unnecessary it was. And after this one, I'm sure all the generals will dash off and write books about the blunders made by other generals, and statesmen will publish their secret diaries, and it'll show, beyond any shadow of doubt, that war could easily have been avoided in the first place. And the rest of us, of course, will be left with the job of bandaging the wounded and burying the dead. I don't trust people to make bitter reflections about war, Mrs. Barham. It's always the generals with the bloodiest records who are the first to shout what a hell it is. It's always the war widows who lead the Memorial Day parade. That was unkind, Charlie, and very rude. We shall never end wars, Mrs. Barham, by blaming it on ministers and generals or warmongering imperialists or all the other banal bogeys. It's the rest of us who build statues to those generals and name boulevards after those ministers. The rest of us who make heroes of our dead and shrines of our battlefield. We wear our widow's weeds like nuns, Mrs. Barham, and perpetuate war by exalting its sacrifices. My brother died at Anzio. I didn't know that, Charlie. Yes, an everyday soldier's death, no special heroism involved. They buried what pieces they found of him. But my mother and Sissy died a brave death and pretends to be very proud. You're very hard on your mother. Seems a harmless enough pretense to me. No, Mrs. Barham. Now, you see, now my other brother can't wait to reach enlistment age. That'll be in September. Oh, Lord. Maybe ministers and generals who blunder us into wars, Mrs. Barham. The least the rest of us can do is to resist honoring the institution. What has my mother got for pretending bravery was admirable? She's under constant sedation and terrified she may wake up one morning, find her last son has run off to be brave. I don't think I was rude or unkind before to you, Mrs. Barber. What's wrong? Oh, nothing, nothing. I'm finding this trip to Paris a little more bizarre than usual. Uh, thanks a lot. Oh, 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 not you. No, no, not you. Why not me? I mean, a woman pretending to be a man. Uh, you can stop pretending. And do what? Be yourself. And what's that? What do you mean? You're a woman in love with a man. Yes. Are we communicating? You said a woman in love with a man, but you didn't finish. Okay. What's the finish? A woman in love with a man... Pretending to be a man. I said you can stop pretending. But you see, I don't think I want to. I'm a big star now. I'm a success. Oh, that. And something more. I find it all really fascinating. I mean, there are things available to me as a man that I could never have as a woman. I'm emancipated. Emancipated? I'm my own man, so to speak. You should be able to relate to that. Now, to be honest with you, right now I'm having a little trouble relating to anything. Look, if we're to have any kind of future together, it's important that you understand. I want to understand. Well, you think it would be fair for me to ask you to give up your job? It'd be ridiculous. But you expect me to give up mine. 
There's a difference for Christ's sake. Right, but there shouldn't be. Well, look, I'm not the one pretending to be someone else. Just put the shoe on the other foot. Let's say that you're a man and I'm a woman pretending to be a man. Well, I think it would depend a whole lot on why you were pretending. Oh, come on now, Victoria. You said it's important that I understand. It's important that you understand, too. Certainly. Love is a two-way street. Why did I say that? <sighs> I don't know, but what's your point? Well, you... You said if we were going to have any kind of future. Well, what do you mean by future? We live together? Possibly. Sleep together? Hopefully. While you keep on working? Yes. Pretending to be a man? If I didn't, I wouldn't have a job. Uh, while we're living and sleeping together, what's everybody going to think? I guess they're going to think that you're living and sleeping with a man. How do you feel about that? Well, they're going to think the same thing about me. But you're a woman. Yeah, but they don't know that. You do. And you know you're a man. I don't see the difference. We'll be living a damn lie. I don't think that's what's really bothering you. If you think I'm worried about everybody thinking I'm a fag, you're right. So we have a problem. I guess we have. Well, it's probably for the best. That's as bad as love is a two-way street. What it lacks in originality, it makes up for in prophecy. Sooner or later, I'd probably ask you to stop being a gangster, because I was worried about everyone thinking I was your mole. I am not a gangster. Just a businessman with a bodyguard. A businessman who does business with gangsters and doesn't have a bodyguard is soon out of business. A businessman who does business with gangsters and pretends he's not a gangster. Sounds a lot like the kind of act I do. I think we're both pretenders. And that's not a very good basis for a relationship. I want one just like the one I got on. Aren't you getting tired of that shirt, Murphy? Don't try to switch me off it. I want the same stripe and the same color. This is my shirt. You're out of style, Murphy. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, good evening. Hello. It just seems to sort of sit there, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe it needs a... It's a different crease or something here. Well, it doesn't matter how you bend it. It's how you wear it. Well, you wear it back on your head like that. Well, that means you like people, your digestion works, and you got all day. But if you weren't tipped over on the side like that, it means you're a rooster and you're looking for a young lady or a fight, whichever comes first. But if you wear it square on your head, low down on your forehead... Well, that means get off the sidewalk and clear a path because you're cocked and ready to fire. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the four films you heard. One, first one was The Great Escape, The Fourth of July Party, which uh, Robert Irvine told me on Twitter, his favorite movie of all time, The Great Escape. Really? Yep. So there's that. The Americanization of Emily with uh, Julie Andrews. Of course, he would work with Julie Andrews several times after that. Great script by Patty Chayefsky. Another film he worked on with Julie Andrews, Victor Victoria, the very fun Blake Edwards comedy. And we ended the audio montage with Murphy's Romance, his one and only Best Actor nomination from 1985 or 86. So uh, some other films of note. The the one that kind of put him on the map was uh, working with Marlon Brando and Sayonara. Also films like The Children's Hour, Boys Night Out, Up Periscope. He was in the uh, this, uh, romantic comedy Move Over Darling, Duel at Diablo, Grand Prix, of course, uh, for you race fans out there. Great race footage, a camera onto the, being put onto the front of a race car. Uh, support your local sheriff, support your local gunfighter. Marlowe, which had a young Bruce Lee in it as well. A Man Called Sledge, Skin Game, They Only Kill Their Masters, Health, The Fan, not the De Niro, Wesley Snipes version. Murphy's Romance we talked about. He played Wyatt Earp in Sunset. Appeared in the film version of uh, Maverick with Mel Gibson. Is a nice wink and a nod to that. Worked with Paul Newman, his race buddy, in Twilight. Not the book uh, Bianca loves. Space Cowboys, of course, with Clint Eastwood, Tommy Lee Jones, and Donald Sutherland. And for a lot of people, especially Bianca, he's the old guy in The Notebook with Jenna oh. Rollins. Yeah, exactly. 
So uh, salute, salute to James Garner. Fun, fun actor. Good guy. And also, finally, to director Noel Black, who is known in the cult world for films like Mirrors, Private School from 1983, and the uh, 1968 drama with Tuesday Weld and Anthony Perkins, Pretty Poison. All right, ladies and gentlemen, some words to live by. Silent Green is people! Zardoz has spoken. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. Gina Wagner returns next week. L'Oreal, hopefully you're here too. We miss you. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. We go home. Good night, Fort Myers. Good night, California. <laughs>